The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Good morning. Welcome to Coastal. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Falls in between two weird holidays. So youth pastors across the country get to preach the one service. Um, I'm the resident preaching youth pastor, Ryan. And uh, no, I'm, I'm excited to be here this morning to get to uh, speak to all of you. Uh, we did, like Pastor said, had an awesome uh, Christmas Eve weekend last week. I hope you got to you know, rest up and spend time with family. Um, I guess depending on how the sandy level of your family was how restful your week was. Um, but either way, we're going to have an awesome Sunday this morning uh, leading up to the new year. Um, I think that's kind of just crazy thing about 2019 is basically here. I mean, that's just crazy, right? Um, for me and my family, 2018 was a pretty big year. Um, my wife and I, we actually bought our first house in April, which is a big deal for us. And then, you know, it wasn't like you see on HGTV where the young family buys the home and they carry my wife across the threshold and it was all fun and stuff. Uh, we bought a nice house on paper, right? But it was as close to a gut job as you could get. Um, and for those that don't know what a gut job is, basically we ripped the house apart down to the studs and in some cases actually had to replace the studs because they were rotten. I mean, there was a true story. I actually fell through the dining room and entrance hallway floor multiple times because our floor was so rotten. Um, but it was fun. We put a lot of, you know, busted our butt and put a lot of work into it, put our savings into it, but now we have this awesome house that we love. And then um, another, you know, completely non-stressful element to all that was that my wife was pregnant during that whole um, rebuild process, and so that was fun. Uh, but that was good. She gave uh, birth to our little daughter, Ellie, on November 27th, so she's about a month old now, and so that's been a fun year for us. Uh, it's been a big year of life change, but thinking about it and looking back on 2018, uh, I really started to think, how is 2019 going to be any better for us? Like, how are we going to top 2018? And so I think sort of a lot of people are kind of, you know, evaluating last year, thinking ahead to next year, this time, and now's the time where we make all of our what? our New Year's resolutions. And um, a personal note, I cannot stand New Year's resolutions, right? I just, I think it's dumb. I don't like, the thought behind a New Year's resolution is great, right? I mean, the thought behind, you know, getting better in the new year is awesome, right? I 100% would love to lose some weight and get healthier, probably like 100% of America, right? But it just never happens. We never follow through. Right, for 2018, the two uh, most common New Year's resolutions were to save money at 53% of people and then to lose weight at 45% of people. I'd love to do both. That would be awesome. I'd love to, to save money, and I know that we definitely need to now having a daughter, um, but the problem is that we have a daughter, and so I think that's kind of like a catch-22. I don't know how that works. I haven't figured that one out yet. Um, but of course, you know, the getting healthy, the weight lossing, that would be awesome. I'd, I'd love to to do it, but I know I'm not going to do great at it because I'm already making excuses just thinking about it, right? The, the statistic is that like 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by February, right? So my plan, my genius plan is I'd like to do this, but you know what's going to happen in January is all these people are going to flood the gyms, right? And that's, the worst thing is a crowded gym, right? All these stank people and just like you can't get to machines and people are, just, it's horrible. So my grand idea, I'm just going to wait till February to start, right? Let all those people get out the gym, but I mean, that's probably not going to happen, right? I mean, think about it. If your plan was to wait another month, it's just not going to work out. So chances are I probably won't start. Hopefully I will. We'll see what happens. I'll let you know. Um, 
but really, I don't think it's just a good system, the whole New Year's resolution system. Honestly, I think it's a little, like, busted. I think it's a little bit uh, broken. Right? It's basically just kind of setting us up for failure because, you know, our New Year's resolutions, we make these massive, life-changing goals, right? Ones that would take everything perfectly lining up the entirety of the new year for them to actually come true, right? And honestly, we make the goals right, after comparing ourselves to other people around us, right? So it's never going to work when that's how we do it. Not saying that it can't kind of happen. In some cases, it can happen. You can't have a great year and, you know, all your New Year's resolutions can come true. You can be the 20% or whatever it is. Uh, but the statistics aren't in our favor. And so what I want to do today is kind of give you an alternative to the typical New Year's resolution. Right? An alternative that I think has a much higher percentage chance uh, of actually working. One that doesn't just focus, you know, on these big, massive, life-changing goals, but one that actually makes achieving goals are more viable, right? It actually makes them happen more often. And one that most importantly, I believe really is uh, grounded in the word of God. And so we're going to dive into that. But real quick, before we do, when I say the entire New Year's uh, resolution system is broken, I believe it's just the process of picking New Year's resolutions, right? The deciding the focus for your new year and then the actual follow through. I think that's what's really detrimental to us. Like how, there is a real, you know, there's a good element to it, right? I mean, there's a real hopefulness and encouraging, uplifting uh, element to the new year. All right, I mean, uh, like I said, for 2018, it was a good year for us. Maybe for you, 2018 was just garbage, right? You would love nothing more than if we were to just wipe 2018 off the calendar like it never happened, right? So 2019 for you, it's going to be your year. Right? Change is going to happen in your life. Perhaps you're going to get into better shape. Uh, maybe you're going to get into a better situation financially. Uh, you're going to get more spiritually invested, get your spiritual life in order. Uh, maybe for you, it's just your family. Your family is going to become your priority in 2019. Right? Whatever it is, the new year can bring a good sense of hope. Making these New Year's resolutions does bring about a sense of hope. But I think it's interesting because when you really think about it, I mean, it's not really the new year, right? Like, what's the difference in December 31st and January 1st? Nothing really. It's just our mentality going into it. Right? It's the day that we pick and say, I'm going to start here because you know, no one's going to look at Thanksgiving and say, now's the time I'm going to start my diet. Right? Or you're not going to look at Christmas and say, oh yeah, I'm going to save some money this week. Right? That's, that's just not how it works. But without fail, every year when January 1st rolls around, you know, we all say, now I'm going to get started. And then honestly, it's, it's the time now, like specifically right now. It's not February 1st when 80% of people fail in their resolutions. It's the week leading up to the New Year's, the December 30, December 31st, when we are actually picking those New Year's resolutions that I think we truly fail, right? Because for starters, we pick them for the wrong reasons. Again, right, we pick them out of comparison, out of intimidation from others, out of want and desire, I very rarely does someone pick a New Year's resolution based on their prayer life and what God, uh, what they think God uh, wants them to do this new year. All right, if we're being honest and, and that's what we did, we probably would never actually pick that New Year's resolution because we wouldn't want to do that. All right, very few of us would do it, but you know, when we pick them for the wrong reason, that again just sets us up for failure. And then on top of that, right, I think we actually pick just the wrong goal to begin with. Right, you pick it for the wrong reasons, but we pick the long goal. We go for it all. 
Right, we go for the mountaintop. We shoot for the biggest, the big picture goal. So, you know, if, if my goal is to, to lose weight and get healthier, we well, say, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to be running a marathon, you know, by July. All right, if I want to get my financial situation right, I'm going to pay off all my credit cards. I'm going to build up three to six months of monthly expenses, which is the Dave Ramsey plug, if you don't know that one. Um, I'm going to buy a new vehicle. I'm going to take my family on vacation. I'm going to do all that by like November. Right, that's what we do when we, when we set these goals for us. Right, but to make them actually happen, to make 2019 actually a better year than 2018, I think there's one, a really significant principle uh, that we can put into action. Right, to truly make changes uh, in our life. Right, I think this idea is that it's not about the big things. Right? I think changes that we can make for the better, changes that we can make to actually align our lives with how God sees it, is that it's not the big things. It's the small things that no one sees that results in the big things that everyone wants. All right, I'll say that again. It's the small things that no one sees that results in the big things that everyone wants. I mean, think about it. Going back to these goals that, that everyone wants, losing weight. And what happens, we said we want to lose weight. We think we got to go to the gym twice a day, six to seven days a week. You know, we have to work out two hours for each workout. We have to drink our pre-workout power drink, our post-workout protein shake. We can only eat fish and kale. And we have to take our lunch break to walk up and down stairs so our Fitbit can tell us how much we're killing it. Right, that's, that's how we lose weight. Right, but that, that's, again, that's just setting yourself up for failure. Right, it's not going to work like that. A famous trainer and dietitian uh, said that it's really not massive workouts. It's not the supplement. It's not the pills. You know, it, it's not starving yourself or paying for some crazy diet food. Right, that's not how it works. It's, it's just getting in the gym maybe four days a week. Right, doing some cardio, getting some lifting, and eating lower carbs and more protein. That's what this world-famous trainer and dietitian said. He said that's what it takes. Right? I mean, it's the small things. And now if you're like me, that still sounds horrible and impossible. Um, but, you, but you get what I'm saying. Right? You get what I'm saying. It's committing to the small things. The same with our financial plan. Right? Honestly, if we try to cut out every non-essential cost in our life, we're going to end up being miserable hermits that do absolutely nothing, that have no community, and we're just, we're just going to be miserable. Right? But again, it's the small things. You know, it's maybe just taking your lunch instead of buying it or cutting out coffee sometimes or, or cutting out, you know, going out every night, something like that. And then there's your spiritual life too. Right? For me, it's reading the Bible. Like, I would love to be the person that just knows the entire Bible, right? Like, every word in the Bible, I could pull out any scripture for any occasion at any time. That's what I would love to be able to do. And so one famous pastor who could do that he was asked, how are you able to do this? How do you know all these scriptures? How are you, have you memorized everything? And he said each year he reads the Bible cover to cover. Every single year without fail, he reads the Bible cover to cover. And so for most people, at least like me, that sounds like a yeah right moment, right? I mean, like there's no way I could read the Bible cover to cover every single year. But he says it's, it's really not that big. He said it's actually 15 minutes every day of reading your Bible allows him to get through the entirety of the Bible in one year. Just to committing to 15 minutes every day, he's able to get through the entirety of the Bible in one year. Right? So it's the little things that no one sees that gives you the big things that you want. I think that's how it works. 
And so this morning, I kind of want to build on this idea and maybe help some of you uh, figure out what's your next year, what 2019 can look like for you. And so in order to do that, we're going to look in uh, Zechariah chapter 4. Uh, yes, that is a book of the Bible. Um, I think that God gave people the idea for a Bible app so that we don't have to flip through and look for obscure books of the Bible like we know where we're going. So if you have your app or you do have your Bible, you can turn to Zechariah chapter 4. Uh, we're going to look at God's Word. I'm uh, going to break it down. And I think we're going to end up with one little thing that can help us all in this new year. I just one little thing. And so some context for the passage we're in, uh, Zechariah chapter 4. Uh, during the time when this was written, uh, the temple, right, the place where you would go to experience God's presence, had been destroyed. Uh, God's people were in captivity. Basically, it was a low point in history. Right, so there's no house for God, and they're not, the people are not even in the place they're supposed to be. God's people are not even in, like, in the right country that they're supposed to be in. They're in the wrong land. Right? And so in the, in the year 537 B.C., uh, this, this man named Zerubbabel, uh, uh, he led a remnant of people back into Israel. And so they, these people had hope now. They're back in Israel. They're back where they're supposed to be. It's kind of like this New Year hope. Right? And so 18 years later, God spoke to this king, Zerubbabel, and said, I'm going to give you the power to rebuild the temple. That's what he said. And so we pick it up in verse 6. It says, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength. So basically he's saying the temple is going to get rebuilt, but not by your power, not by your own strength, and not in the way that you're going to receive credit for. Right? The Bible says it is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Right? So there's the truth right there. Right? You can try to change. You can try to do it on your own, through your own power, and through your own understanding. And honestly, maybe you can make some small improvements in your life. Maybe you can take some nice incremental steps towards getting where you need to be. But, and it's a big but, and if you just tap into the power that is truly greater than what you possess, it will allow the Holy Spirit into your life to work in and through you. Right to the point where the Holy Spirit is made perfect in our weakness. Right, where we fail, where we are weak, God can shine through in our lives and thrive. Right? And again, it's not by our own power, but by his that we can make legitimate change in our life, by relying on him. And so I think it's kind of like uh, when we try to accomplish tasks that are out of our comfort zone, right? but we try to do it anyway. We try to act like we know uh, what we're doing. And so for me, I think it's working on cars, right? Like doing the mechanic work. I like to think I'm pretty decent. You know, I can change my own oil, right? And, and to probably the average person, it may look like I can get some stuff, some stuff done, right? But what people don't see is the hour where I got to figure, actually figure out what I need to do and the hour where I got to find the right tool to actually get the job done. And then the hour that I struggle to get that one bolt off, right? And then the next hour where I figure out, oh, I had the wrong tool to get that one bolt off, right? And then I keep going and an hour to do the job and then realize I do it backwards. And then, you know, finally I'm finished and I'm six hours into a job, I probably would have only taken 30, 45 minutes if I had actually knew what I was doing, right? But I know I go, I show it to somebody, I say, hey, look at this job I did. And they're like, dang, you're, you're a good mechanic. And I'm like, obviously, right? Obviously I'm good, right? But again, if I had just relied on something, someone who knew what they were doing, the job would have gotten done better and faster and with the results that I actually desire, because who knows what kind of shady work I just did, <laughs> 
right? And so that's the same in our lives. Right? Some of you, you've tried to change for years. You've tried to improve. You've tried to get ahead, right? to achieve the results that you want, but you just couldn't do it. You just couldn't. So maybe 2019, maybe this is the year uh, that you'll allow you know, to not be by your own might, not by your own power, but by God's strength. Maybe that's 2019 for you. But if we keep going on to verse 7, it says, Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. Right? So in other words, when God calls someone to do something, there is no force, there is no power on this earth that can stop the will of God. And how many stories in the Bible do we hear about ordinary people doing miraculous things that we know can only be explained by the Holy Spirit working through them? Right? And then it goes on to say, and when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it, may God bless it. And so what's cool here is that God already knows what the temple in this story is going to look like before it even began. He knew what it was going to look like before they'd even started. And it's the same with us. God knows what our life can look like if we just surrender it to him. He knows what our tomorrow can look like. He knows what our next week can look like. He knows what 2019 in its entirety can look like if we just give it all over to him. And the Bible says that, you know, sometimes we're scared of giving it over to him, but the Bible says that his plans are not for us to fail, but they're for us to prosper. I mean, who else gives you that that promise, that guarantee. But if we keep going again, verses eight and nine, it says, then another message came to me from the Lord. It says, Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. You know, it's funny in the Bible, we can actually see uh, specific instances, um, specific situations where people would come and visit this temple basically during construction, right? And there are specific instances that are documented where it says people would come and look at this temple during construction and they would cry. And now there's no specific details about whether they were crying because they're happy the temple's being rebuilt or whether they're crying because it looks like garbage, right? Because they're just unimpressed. Most scholars tend to agree with the latter, that people are just coming to look at this temple, this great temple that's supposed to be, and they just see a pile of rocks, they say, this is nothing. This will never be a glorious temple. This will never be what it was. And so they cry about it. And honestly, I think that's what we do a lot in our lives. You know, we want to get healthy, so we go to the gym and we hit it hard for two or three weeks. And then we step on the scale and we just don't see the results that we think we deserve at that point in time. And so we cry and we stop. Or maybe financially, you know, you know we save money. We're doing good for one month, two months, three months and then you get hit with this unexpected bill, and it just wipes you out. And you think, this is stupid, this is dumb, I'll never get ahead, this will never work. I think we do that with everything. I think we do that with our relationships, our jobs. I think this is honestly what happens in churches too, right? Why so many churches fail. This is kind of getting into the pastor world a little bit, but what happens is they have a small service or a small time or a rough season, and only 50 people show up to something and they say, this is just dumb. The pastor's like, this will never work. I'm failure Right, people come to the church and they see, man, this is lame. There's only 50 people here. What is this? But what they don't notice is that there's 50 people coming together to worship God and be in community and grow their faith. Right? And that's an awesome thing. If they were to just stick it out, they were to remain faithful, God would build on it and give them exactly what they want. God's plan for their life would come to fruition. 
right? And you'll be able to, to look back and say, man, look where I came from, right? No matter what it is, you'll be able to look back and say, look where I came from. Look what came from such small beginnings. And that leads us right into verse 10. It says, do not despise the small beginnings, right? For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Right, you see, you've got to start somewhere. You've got to lay the first stone before you can lay the second, and then you've got to lay the second before you can lay the third. All God wants us to do is be faithful. Be faithful and start with the small things. That's what God rejoices, and that's what it says right there. Right, he doesn't want us to just jump to what we think the result should be. He doesn't want us to be like those people who would come to the temple during construction and just cry because they thought it was an unimpressive pile of rocks. God sees what it's going to be. And so we're supposed to rely on him and trust in him and just do what we're supposed to do with the small things. Uh, John C. Wooden was a legendary uh, college basketball coach. Right? He coached US, UCLA. He won 10 NCAA titles, uh, with seven of those being consecutively from 1967 to 1973. It was like an unheard of thing, still a legendary coach. And on top of all the championships, all the wins, he was kind of famous for one more thing. At the beginning of every season, he would bring his team together and they would actually go into the locker room. They wouldn't start practice with uh, drills or stretching or running. He would bring them all into the locker room. They would sit down and they would put on their socks and put on their shoes all together. Because right, he wanted them to know it was the small things that mattered. It was the details that make the difference. In his book, Wooden on Leadership, he said, it's the little things that are vital. Little things make the big things happen. And that's the same mentality that we should take into the new year. And so that's kind of what I want to help you do. I want, you to, I want to help you kind of focus, right? Form your focus for your next year, for your new year. Really, that's the whole purpose of this morning, this message. It's not a step-by-step -step guide to a perfect year. It's not a step-by-step -step guide to forming your New Year's resolution list. Right? But it is a biblical principle to help you shape your focus, to be a better person in 2019 than you were in 2018. So real quick, I want to give you a couple of things, a couple you know, of little ideas that maybe you can focus on this next year. Right? Little things that, again, don't seem so big by themselves. But when you do focus on them, when you work through them as God has planned, they can make bigger changes in your life than you ever thought possible. All right, so three things real quick that you can focus on. I'm just going to give them to you real quick. Number one is your thoughts. All right, you can focus on your thoughts. Uh, you can focus on your words. You can focus on your words and you can focus on your habits. Three things that you can maybe focus on or work on in this new year. And, and somebody once said, why are thoughts so important? They said our thoughts are important because our thoughts become words, our words become actions, our actions become habits, and our habits create our destiny. All three of these things can make a huge difference in the person you are this next year. I mean, your thoughts, right? Honestly, what a person truly thinks in their heart is what they become. Your thoughts, what you think is what goes into your heart and that's what you become. And this world is full of so many hateful hearts these days that maybe this next year, you know, filling your thoughts with things that align with God's plan for you is not a bad idea. You know, or how about the words that we speak? The Bible says that the words have the power of life and death. 
They're powerful things. So maybe for you next, this next year, it's just you know, focusing on your words. Or maybe it is your habits, right? And we are made to be the people that we are based on what we repeatedly do. We are the people who we are because of what we repeatedly do. So maybe we can change our habits this next year. Either way, making small changes in our thoughts and our words and our habits, again, can do more than you ever thought possible in this new year. And maybe for you, you know one specifically that you might need to work on. Maybe there's two of them. Maybe it's all three. Whatever it is, just focus on making small changes in these areas. And again, it's in the small changes that maybe no one else will notice that big changes will happen in your life that will give you the results that you actually want. And honestly, that's the power of a focused life, right? A life focused on making change through small steps. And then a life focused on making change through God's power, not through our own. And so to really consolidate this, just to make it easy, to give you a clear focus for 2019, I just want to give you a challenge, right? Uh, This challenge is for you to come up with one word, one little thing, one word, not, in, not a list of New Year's resolutions, but one word that you can focus on, that you can implement into your life in 2019. Right, one little thing that you can implement into every single part of your life that'll make a difference and make you be the person that God wants you to be. Right, one thing that can really change your year, that can change your life. And so when we look at it, this idea of, a one thing. This idea of one thing is actually pretty common in the Bible. If you look at King David, right, the man after God's own heart, he said, the one thing I want, the one thing I desire is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Imagine if you lived your whole life with that one thing being your focus. Imagine the person that you could become. Or how about the Apostle Paul, perhaps the greatest apostle of all time. He had a rough beginning. Right? He had a rough beginning to his, to his faith. He was persecuted. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was left for dead. He was starved. He was stoned repeatedly and not in the recreational way. You know, this dude had it rough. Take a little bit to catch on there. Yeah. This dude had it rough. I'm serious. Right? But he said, he's one of the most famous quotes in the Bible. He said, the one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me, and straining on towards what is ahead. Right, Paul said, I'm not going to let my past define my future. Right, God has something more for me. So the one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to let it all go. I'm going to push forward towards what God has for me. That's what I'm going to do. How about Mary and Martha and Luke? You know, when Jesus comes over to visit them, right? And Martha, she's freaking out because her house is dirty and the, and the dishes aren't clean and the food's not hot. But Jesus looks at her and he says, Martha, you're upset about so many things, but only one thing is needed. He says, Mary, who is sitting at the feet of Jesus, has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. There was only one thing that mattered in that time, and it was Jesus. One thing. And so for you, I think there is a one thing, one word, one idea, one theme that could really shape your next year. I think there's one word that can define your 2019. And so my challenge for you is to just pray about it. 
Uh, pray for, to see what your focus can be. And, and don't pray just to give you a list of New Year's resolutions, but to, sp- to pick one specific uh, theme that, again, will define your 2019, that will drive you forward, that will direct your new year. And maybe you can even put a verse to it. Right? Like, so you have this theme, this idea, and you have a verse to go along with it, and that's your, that's your verse of the year. That's what you're focusing on. That's what you're trying to implement into your life. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe in, in your reading or in your prayer, you, know, you have this verse that's sticking out to you, and there's a word in it, or there's a theme that goes along with it, and that's yours for the year. Right? And so I was thinking, for me, I think my 2019, uh, my, my word for 2019 is going to be Courage. That's my 2019 idea, and it goes wrong with the verse Deuteronomy 31.6. It says, do not be afraid, or one translation says, be strong and of good courage. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So I think mine is courage, because honestly, I'm kind of a planner, and not like a day-to-day planner, but like a long-term life planner. I'm always looking for the, the long play. You know, whether that's you know, relationally, financially, spiritually, whatever it is, I feel like I don't make a move until I know it's going to work out well for me. And so what I want to kind of do this next year is just focus on having the courage to, to go, go in blind, you know, to have this blind faith that is just re- the result of me trusting God and his plan for my life. And so that can be implemented into everything, right, to get, to get healthier, to make better financial decisions, to find God's plan for me, to read my Bible, and this courage to do things that I wouldn't normally do to get out of my normal is what I want to do. And that, and that one word, that one verse, I think can change all of 2019. And so what's your word? There's a blank on your outline right at the bottom there uh, that, you can, that you can put it. Maybe you, you know it right off the bat, or, or maybe you don't. Maybe you need to spend the next week, you know, just kind of praying and asking God to give it to you. And I know January 1st is coming up quick. It's just in a couple of days. But honestly, I think God would rather have the right focus for us to have the right focus than to get it started a couple days early. Right? So I think that, that needs to be goal. Make it a priority to focus on the small things, the small steps that can make a change. Because again, don't let anyone fool you. It's not the big things, it's the small things that shape your faithfulness. The small things shape your faithfulness. It's the one thing that no one ever sees that can result and God's plan for your life, the things that you want in your life. It's the small things. And so let's pray about that this morning. Father God, we just pray that, uh, that you would help us to be faithful. God, to be faithful when no one else is looking. Uh, to be faithful with what you put in front of us. God, we want to be faithful with the small things so that you can trust us with even more. God, thank you for this opportunity. God, this opportunity to be here at Coastal Community Church and to go into a new year. God, 2019, where the church, family, and community that supports and encourages and facilitates us becoming the people that you want us to be. And God, I pray that each and every person, you know, as they, as they pray and they talk to you, that you would just direct, I pray that you would direct us into our focus for this next year. Focus us on the things uh, that truly matter. God, give us the words, give us the one thing, the focus, the direction that can make 2019 a better year than any before. And God, God, we thank you. We thank you that you can see the end before the beginning ever starts.
God, help us not to despise, you know, that day of small beginnings. Because, God, we know you rejoice uh, to see the work begin. You guys, I know for, for some people here today, you know, maybe you're not far enough along in your relationship and your walk with God for him to really give you that word that you're expecting or that you're hoping for. Uh, maybe for some people today uh, that are just at the beginning of that walk, that are just for the first time today uh, feeling this draw to him, maybe your word for the years is belief. Maybe it's just it's belief, it's faith. Maybe today, this morning, you want to give it all over to him and just believe. And so if that is you this morning, just pray this. Say, Father God, thank you for believing in me. I thank you for giving me the chance to become the person I truly want to be in you. And today, God, I just want to give it all over to you. I want to give everything to you. I want you to become the Lord of my life. I want to focus on the life that you have called me to live. God, make 2019 the year where I come to you. I thank you for sending your son to wipe away my sins, to pay the ultimate price that I couldn't, and to give me a new life, one of blessings and prosperity and not of failure. Thank you, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.